There's a good chance you've heard the names Aaron Noland, Mylon Graham, and Peyton Pierce. They're three players that recently committed to Ohio State. But do you know what kind of football players they are? We go in depth about all three players that recently committed to Ohio State during today's episode of Locked on Buckeyes. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to the episode of Locked on Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Thursday, April 13th in the year 2023, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. During today's episode, we have John Garcia Jr. joining us once again. He is Locked On's football recruiting insider. John and I go in depth about three Buckeye commitments that came over the past week. Mylon Graham, five-star receiver, four-star quarterback Aaron Nolan, and four-star linebacker Peyton Pierce. We also get John's prediction about who might be the next player or players to commit to Ohio State, and those might come this weekend during or even after the spring game. This show is so much fun. John is back. Let's get right into what John has to say about all three of these talented football players. And joining us now here on Locked on Buckeyes, it's Locked on's football recruiting insider. It is John Garcia Jr. John, I got a message on Twitter that the people love you, and they're excited about this week's episode with you talking about recent Buckeye commitments. They don't know who it is, but we got some good stuff coming during today's show. Yeah, every time we record, there's a new commitment or two, so I uh, got to keep the streak going, of course. Absolutely, and they didn't know who it was at the when they sent that message. Of course, even when you listen to the intro, you know we're talking about Peyton Pierce and Aaron Nolan during today's show. We, we're going to go with the quarterback first, John. This, this young man over the weekend, Aaron Nolan, committed to Ohio State, and back in, what was it, de- December, we were discussing the decommitment of Dylan Rayola and a thought in my mind, I didn't really say it to you, was would it take Ohio State almost a full cycle to get a verbal commitment from a from a quarterback? It took a long time for Lincoln Keenholz for the Buckeyes to get um, him a verbal commitment from him. Didn't take that long at all. We're not even to the spring game in this, this year's cycle, and Aaron Nolan has announced his verbal commitment to play at Ohio State. Just huge. Uh, there's really no other way to put it. Uh, this – stabilizes and elongates uh, that great Buckeye QB room that we've been talking about for years that just continues to play it at such a high standard. Um, And I don't know beyond Rayola, uh, who obviously was committed number one player and those accolades that come with it. There's not a lot of other quarterbacks though, Jay, that would profile as well as Nolan does. Um, Let me dig into some of it. Whether you look at his prowess uh, as a quarterback, you're talking 60 total touchdowns, undefeated as a junior, put up the most yards in the history of the state of Georgia. So Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, you can run down all those names. It was that junior year from Nolan that was as good as it got. State championship on top of it, maybe most importantly there. And then you expand and you look at, okay, what about the QB from a recruiting others standpoint? Well, this kid's in the middle of Atlanta. I mean, you talk about a big-time metro area, no disrespect to Arizona and, and, and Rayola's camp, but uh, being in that in that Atlanta area, um, Ohio State has always been prevalent there. 
but to now have another QB because Field didn't go there after high school, but you know, obviously still well known uh, in that area because he ended up at Ohio State. To have another one there, I, I think, is a huge deal. But this time, you're going to get that full benefit of an entire cycle with him as as your future QB one. So I do think we're going to see a little bit more Ohio State splash in the Atlanta area and in the state of Georgia in particular. And every single cycle, Jay big-time recruits uh, in and around uh, the Atlanta area. So I think that's huge from an optical standpoint. And then you watch the tape. He's a lefty. It's Man. smooth. It's polished. It's mechanical. Everything is is butter with Nolan. Uh, so I, I do think there's just a lot to like from a profile standpoint with this verbal commitment. And outside of Rayola and that number one ranking that, that comes with it, I think this is about as good as Ohio State could have countered to at the QB position, and there's a chance, uh, ceiling-wise, that it actually ends up being a better situation, a better fit for what Ohio State wants at the position. So this was a, a heck of a win, as you mentioned, a quick close. Technically, he wasn't offered until the beginning of April anyway, right? He picked up that scholarship during his multi-day visit to Ohio State two weekends ago, I believe April 1st, and then he commits on April 8th. So uh, the, the last QB you offered is your newest QB commitment. Um, even though Nolan had expected the offer and, and, and knew it was coming, the execution of it, doing it in person, rallying for a commitment a week later, I think plays really well to the closing ability of Ryan Day, the importance, the prioritization of Corey Dennis and that entire uh, Ohio State coaches staff. Brian Hartline, of course, uh, deserves some some shout there as well. And, and now you've got your your class headliner from an optical standpoint. Already had two five star receivers thereafter. So I think this class is uh, well on its way up. And I think it's already top five across the board at this point. It's it's one of the best things you think about a decommitment of of a quarterback the caliber of Rayola. Not trying to bring any negative light to it, but it, he's an amazing talent. And I normally don't go and get all ooh and ah and excited about a talent like that. But Rayola can just sling that thing, man. He's really good. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but when you talk about how maybe the best case scenario or a scenario like this where you get a guy who was not – not he's not the best quarterback in his class ratings-wise. But even though that's the case, he's still a good fit. And I, I'm finding out and I'm seeing Ryan Day, Jim Knowles, Brian Hartline, they're really going out the going after the right fit guys. And it seems like for the offense they want to run and the athleticism that Aaron Nolan possesses, we might see some tweaking of the quarterback play as far as how they play going forward with Hartland as the offensive coordinator. And that tweak might be something that was um appealing to Aaron Nolan, to him to put to him for him to commit to Ohio State. So Dylan Rayola is great, really good. Don't get me wrong, but I still think the right fit. For Ohio State, might be Aaron Nolan. Did you add in the lefty, the left-handed quarterback that he is? Yeah. Man, a lefty in this offense, it might be scary. Yeah, it's it's unique, you know. And I think um, what what you mean by that is in the RPO game, you have a running back on one side versus the other, and most quarterbacks want that running back towards their arm, right? Because because if you pull that thing out and you want to throw it, you obviously want to have the proper angles in that regard. But with a lefty. Which which few defenses are used to? Right, it's on the other side. You know, it's it's like when Tua emerged at Alabama, or even with the Dolphins this year. It's just on the other side, so it presents a different angle for those defensive ends, outside linebackers to have to contend with that they're not 
as used to. And and I like what you what you said there, Jay, about the fit, because Dylan Rayola is your gunslinger with the huge arm, right? He's your Quinn Ewers type of quarterback. And not to be hyperbolic here, but you you need a point guard in yes. this this kind of offense, and that's what C.J. Stroud did so well. And if you think of Aaron Olin's great qualities, he distributes the ball at a very high clip. He is on time. He is accurate. It's not the flashiest. It's not the biggest, most powerful arm that you've ever seen. But man, that thing is on time and it's consistent. You know, and that's really more about what this offense needs to cater towards as opposed to a bit of a boom or bust element otherwise. Uh, two great options, but two different styles. And I do agree that fit-wise right now off the off the top, I do think Nolan is the better on-field fit for the future of, of Ohio State quarterbacking compared to Rayola. So this will be fascinating. I think Buckeye fans are going to track these two kind of the rest of the way, see what happens. Would love for them to match up at one point uh, in a rivalry game, depending on where Rayola goes. That'd be fun. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's something to keep an eye on here going forward. Those stylistic differences, just like going from Brock Glenn last cycle to Lincoln Keenholz, totally different skill sets yeah. in that regard. So fit is really important here. Um, Nolan can run kind of like we said about CJ, not his primary deal though. Just like we said uh, about, about CJ Stroud uh, and they come in at similar size and a similar smooth kind of easy release. It's like in basketball, that guy who's shooting threes without a whole lot of wasted motion, it's a little boring, but man, that thing is consistent and, and it's productive. That That's kind of where, where we are with Nolan. The fastball isn't head turning and, and make you say, oh my goodness, I've never seen that. But you look at everything else and you realize that that position with his skill set, there's really a lot to like. Can touch all three levels, very good footwork, uh, efficient mover in the pocket, comfortable outside the pocket, and has that extra layer of, of running ability as needed. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all of the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. And now, you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors still at Built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter puff, and churro puff. You can thank me later. John, you mentioned a player that committed. This is a while ago and a little earlier in the show. You mentioned a player that committed literally a few days prior to Aaron Nolan's commitment, and it came less than 24 hours after you and I recorded our show last week yeah. in Mylon Graham. How do you how do you think Mylon Graham's commitment impacted the decision making of Aaron Nolan? Well, there's only one school that has two five star receivers committed, and, and it's Ohio State. I know it's a big shock. 
to everyone. But but it's Ohio State with Graham joining, of course, the number one receiver in the country, uh, Jeremiah Smith. So if you're a quarterback who specializes in production and pushing the ball down the field and timing, how about a couple of five-star receivers in your class? Don't don't even consider all of the five stars on that Ohio State roster at receiver or the number one receiver class they signed last cycle on top of this, just in this cycle. Um, there's there's no other school that, that can put that up. So I, I don't know if it would have changed the destination, but I do think it makes it sweeter for Nolan to pick a school that that already has uh, almost a full offensive line committed and and two of the what three, four, five best receivers in the country already on board with the pursuit of many others uh, still to be determined. So yeah, it does sweeten the pot a little bit for Ohio State, and and you understand that you understand why this momentum has sort of hit its apex for Ohio State. Not that it's slowing down, uh, but you understand why it's ballooned to this point. You've got a mixture of everything. You're, you're recruiting nationally. You've hit five stars. You got your premium position guys starting to come in there at QB, offensive tackle of late there as well. So it's all kind of rounding third for Ohio State in this class of 2024, um, especially on offense. Eight of the ten commits on the offensive side of the ball. So you feel really good about, about the future of, of that side right now from the OSU standpoint. And you also understand that the defensive commitments are on the way. John, it's been quite a bit of time since the last time you and I talked in depth about Mylon Graham, the type of receiver that he is. If you could just remind everybody, refresh our memories or inform us about what type of receiver Mylon Graham is. This is a, a modern home run threat. Uh, every time he touches it, there's an, an opportunity here to, to go the distance, whether he just outruns a DB while the ball is in the air uh, or a guy who catches it short and then breaks it long. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Jamison Williams, which okay. I know there's maybe the polarization there yeah. Yeah. from the fan base, but in terms of raw torque and twitch, uh, there's a lot to like about Jamison's game, both in high school and certainly at, at, at the collegiate level and now the NFL. Reminds me a little bit of that with with Mylon, just uh, a really twitchy player who um, can can really make things go in, in a hurry. He's not going to need to catch 100 balls to make that type of impact throughout a season. He could be your your deep threat. He could be your counter to the you know the more uh, polished and ready to go Jeremiah Smith, who's your do everything what classic wide receiver role one. He's your Marvin Harrison Jr. type, and I think. Graham could be more the Jamison Williams, uh, maybe Garrett Wilson type that stretches the field a little bit more. But but he's got some polish in there as well. I don't want to uh, pigeonhole him into just one trait, you know, like a Deshaun Jackson type. I think he's got a more well-rounded game, but there's no doubt that his strength is that pure speed, uh, playmaking ability, those instincts to, to win in the open field. So you get him the football however you can, whether it's a handoff, a bubble screen, uh, a nine ball or even in the return game. Oh, so return game. That was actually where I was going to go next. So yeah. you do see him being an option either in the kick or pump return game at Ohio State? Yeah, I think of, of this class so far, I think Graham and Peoples are probably the, the okay. two candidates I would look at to say I could see some kick returning, maybe some punt returning in there. I think with Graham, punt returning might even be more advantageous for him. You know, he's got quick twitch and great linear speed, but he, he's got quickness on top of it uh, and those instincts we mentioned as well. So I could see either of them factoring in there early on. That's good to know because I kind of go in depth at times about my frustration with Ohio State's return game. And 
you bring in all these guys. And we, you know guys coming in, they're looked at as returners or possibility to catch the ball in the kick return game or the punt return game. All of a sudden, maybe the shoe's too big for them, the lights are too bright. I don't know. When they get to Ohio State, the return game and the ability for them just goes out the drain. So I don't know if it's like, oh, protection. I don't know if it's their eyesight. I don't know. So I do like hearing about guys that come in that um, can possibly do that. And I'm not even saying, John, touchdowns only, like kick return touchdowns or nothing. I understand you need those 30, 40-yard gains to really set your offense up for success. So I think my frustration is more, why are there so many issues with the return game for Ohio State? And so um, I didn't plan on doing that during today's show, but (laughs) there you go. Yeah, I think uh, these guys have a lot of value there, and and they'll have an opportunity. Um, how, how do you mix up a room like that? Throw a freshman in there, that's got a lot of uh, expectation. Uh, that's always a way to spark uh, a special teams unit or, or get guys going. So uh, there's no doubt there there won't be a shortage of candidates uh, by the time this class is all said and done. That's for sure. There was actually a commitment earlier in the week, and uh, we talked about it briefly on the show. I kind of touched on the impact of. This four-star linebacker from Lovejoy High School, Peyton Pierce, in his commitment. But we didn't really go, John, in depth about what he is as a player. Sitting at six foot one, 225 pounds, he's a guy that I think may grow an inch. He's going to put on some muscle mass. He's going to be a guy that I think could be a two, maybe three-year starter at Ohio State at that middle linebacker position because he does a good job of transferring his stuff from the wrestling mat to the football field, and his brain as well. I believe he has a 4.0 G. I mean, he's just a smart kid. He's yeah. a guy that I think Ohio State des- has been looking for at that linebacker position. If you were to construct a four-star, you know, elite middle linebacker recruit, I think it would come out a lot like, like Peyton Pierce. You just mentioned some of the accolades. State wrestling champion, 4.0 GPA, 122 tackles as a sideline-to-sideline performer, moonlighting as an offensive player, uh, as a Wildcat quarterback or a running back uh, on Friday nights, which is a sneaky trait for great linebacker play are those who also played running back in high school. Yeah, I think he would have a lot of the true foundational elements of a future middle linebacker, captain of the defense type of player. So, Okay, wrestling, but let's go one by one. Wrestling background, 22 state champ at 215 pounds, uh, which means, one, he understands his body first yes. and foremost. Yes, sir. I think we always look at wrestling and say, oh, well, he's going to be a great tackler. Well, I don't need wrestling to tell me that. But he understands his own body. That helps you down in distance, assignment, positioning, leverage, all the elements that make important linebacker decisions you know, available – Peyton is going to be able to to check those boxes because of that understanding. Of course, in tight quarters and pound for pound strength, wrestlers are great. You know, the hands, all of that stuff goes along with it. So block shedding, tackling, taking down, all of those things, of course, are are built into uh, his game. You look at the 4.0 GPA, the intellect, it transfers. Football IQ is off the charts here. Very good read and react skills within his game. He's a great blitzer. He times it incredibly well when, when he's asked to do so. Uh, and he can really run. You know, I think that that's where he knows he can be calculated there before he triggers and makes that decision towards uh, his assignment relative to the play. So that that does show up as well. And then we talked about that running back wildcat qb experience how much that helps 
when you know you're fast and smart and strong and all of those things, it doesn't matter if you're not in position, you know? So just like as a running back, you are waiting for those holes to develop. You are reading your linemen and cutting off of their, their rumps. That's the same thing you have to combat at the linebacker position. So that understanding from physically having done it on the other side of the ball does translate a lot of the best young linebackers in college football were great high school ball carriers and Pierce is in that conversation as well. So he checks a lot of boxes uh, as you can tell here. And I think the wrestling thing is looked at as such a strength in high school. I think it's going to be a strength in college as well, because if he doesn't wrestle now, the weight will won't fluctuate as much. Cause obviously for wrestling, it does, right? You've got to cut weight. You put it back on when it's football season, back and forth, you go, that part of it theoretically won't be a part of, of the equation once he gets to Ohio State for good, it's most likely all about football, and and he'll be able to to stick to where the coaches want him to from a height and weight standpoint a little bit more consistently. This episode is brought to you by Billiards Plus. Billiards Plus has the best selection of pool tables, game tables, shuffleboard tables, and more, and the best service in Central Ohio. Billiards Plus also can set you up with a brand new top of the line grill that will last. For generations, we all know how hard it is with the supply chain issues this year and getting certain things shipped on time. So when it comes to ordering that one big gift for someone you love, check out Billiards Plus and get there early this year. Billiards Plus carries the best selection of pool tables from Brunswick, Alhassen, Canada, Billiards and more. Plus, top of the line grills from PK, Napoleon, Memphis, and LaGriddle. That will be the last grill you own. Seriously, these grills stand the test of time. No matter the season, Billiards Plus has you covered for all your indoor and outdoor entertainment needs. Visit their showroom on Dublin Center Drive in Dublin. Check them out at billiards-plus.com. Billiards Plus, family owned and operated for generations. John, I saw a graphic with this young man on it prior to his announcement being made public. I do I did read that he told the coaches that he was committing a few days prior to making it public to all of us out here. Um, even I got to give kudos to the news media because I think a lot of them knew as well, and they did not put it out there as well. But I saw a picture of his jersey in high school, and I'm sitting here like I'm thinking it was <laughs> yeah. just like an Ohio State jersey that was photoshopped and didn't they took the Big Ten logo off of the night. No, it was his high school jersey that looks almost identical to the Ohio State jersey. So some say he is what he was, was always going to be Ohio State. I'm not going that way with it. But I do think, though, that with this young man, Ohio State needs a linebacker like this. He knows the need. He knows the lineage. He understands James Laurinaitis is there. So maybe he might say it's always been Ohio State because he wants to recultivate a lineage and a track record of elite linebacker success. And he's even said, James Lernitis, former, I think, two-time, three-time All-American, not trying to be funny, it's like legit, he was that cold in, in, in college, two-time, three-time All-American. He's helping me in the recruitment. And I think in his mind, it was like, oh, after that visit, he did say, John, it was always Ohio State. He even took a visit to Tennessee after that Ohio State visit. Yep. He's like, it's always Ohio State. So I got to give credit to James Lernitis, and he's saying it's always Ohio State. And I wonder, I wonder, can he add more elite linebackers and help Ohio State have more elite linebackers in this recruiting class so when they're on the field in a few years, they're a well-oiled machine? Of course. You know, that's why you bring in somebody like that, right? And I think if 
usually when you bring in a new coach and he's got some recruiting prowess, you aspire to eventually grab a (laughs) Peyton Pierce type. When you're starting from a Peyton Pierce type, yeah, the expectations are going to go. They're not going to go Brian Hartline levels, but they're going to increase pretty quickly here. So, yeah, I would expect uh, with, with, with Laurinaitis having closed Pierce incredibly well, I would expect him to be able to flash a little bit more at the linebacker position. I mean, he did really well at Notre Dame previous to Ohio State. That's been one of the uh, the Irish's best positions uh, under his watch. So um, there's no doubt that he's important. And Pierce, as much as he says he's all been Ohio State, he's really been all Laronitis for a long time because mm. there was a lot of Notre Dame buzz uh, in the fall for him. Um, and then even when that change was made, Notre Dame was in it, but it just never felt the same from that standpoint. So I think Laronitis in particular it was was the clear key uh, to, to this uh, Peyton Pierce recruitment, despite Texas and Oklahoma and Tennessee and others being right in, involved here for a long time. And this, this wasn't a kid who just now blew up. You know, he's got 40 scholarship offers, yeah, which man. means they were coming in as freshman and sophomore year and junior year, et cetera. So – for Laronitis to have just made this switch a couple months back and to have already landed sort of the banner linebacker prospect, I think he's the number two linebacker in the country on ESPN, that's a heck of a start. So, yeah, the expectations are going to go up just a bit for Ohio State linebacker recruiting, and rightfully so. That's exactly where I'm sure James would tell you it needs to be. Last thing with you, John, we did this last week, and – I had a little prediction time with you as far as like, who do you think the next commit player to commit to Ohio state will be? We understand the spring game is coming up in just a few days. The guest list for that will be fun, wild. A lot of young players will be there, but John, um, who do you think the next commitment will come from? Well, I mentioned earlier, eight offensive players committed just two defensive projections I'm going to keep it in the state of Ohio and go to the defensive side of the ball. I I think the DB combination of Aaron Scott and Bryce West are are two guys that Buckeye fans need to keep a close eye on. Uh, Obviously in state, one from Springfield, one from Cleveland, Glenville. Um, You know, that's a huge focus this cycle, as you've talked about a lot, Jay. We've already seen Ohio State have a lot of success in their home state, and I think that continues on the defensive side of the ball. I can't go between the two, Scott or or West, but I think an Ohioan is next up. And if I get a third pick, I'd probably go Sam Williams-Dixon. So another Ohioan running back uh, we talked about after Peoples committed. Is there more urgency for another back to to join the fold? I think there is. He's going to the spring game as well, as you would imagine. A a lot of these semi-local recruits are. So I do think there's going to be a little bit more Ohio flavor on the Ohio state commitment list here going forward. Last thing for you didn't think about this. When we were talking about Aaron Nolan earlier in the show. Do you think this is a cycle where we could see Ohio state add two quarterbacks to this recruiting class? It's possible. Certainly uh, we saw Ohio state offer Nolan pretty late in the game. Just again, 11 days ago, he got his scholarship offer. Uh, so there are other quarterbacks that of course had the Buckeye offer in the fold uh, we've we've heard rumors of them trying to flip other quarterbacks like Julian Sand, the Alabama commitment from California, Dante Reno, the South Carolina commitment from the Northeast. There's a couple QBs that are already committed that are looking at schools, and inevitably, when Ohio State gets involved, it's going to be something for you to keep an eye on as as a quarterback prospect. So it could depend on the portal. You know, we, we've got this window opening here uh, in just a little bit, and and if there's some fluidity and some movement. 
with this Ohio State quarterback room or elsewhere, I do think the Buckeyes could be in a position to explore it because college football has taught us a lot. Um, but one of the things at the top is that you could never have enough quarterback depth. Um, and just when you think you got it, you'll lose it. I mean, just look at the Ohio State QB room one year ago versus today. Totally flipped, right? So, I mean, that's normal for any school, even one at the top of the food chain like OSU. So I would never rule something like that out, especially when you've got your your first guy on board this early. If we were already towards the fall or, or even the winter months, I would say, hey, probably not. I think we kind of see where all the chips have fallen. But at this point, you you could allow some potential movement there if, if you do see a secondary fit. John, it's always fun to have you on the show. If you could let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter, if they want to keep up with the things going on via recruiting, especially with the spring game going on this weekend, they might want to follow you on Twitter. Where can they do that? Yeah, I'll definitely be tweeting out some Buckeye stuff. John Garcia underscore JR is where you can find me on all social media. But yeah, mainly Twitter. And guys, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. Send all of your emails to jstevens317. There's a good chance... The next time we have John on, we'll be talking about, about more Buckeye commits, and I can't wait to talk about the verbal commitments that will probably come this weekend the next time we have John on the show. John, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.